Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors are right here every week on Next on the Tee. Join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now joining me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Sir Metro Tour Pro Natalie Sheary. Let me give you some background on Natalie she is from West Hartford, Connecticut, played her college golf at Wake Forest, where she was named the 2007 ACC Freshman of the Year for Women's Golf. In 2008, she was named the ACC Rookie of the Year and a Top 50 Female Golfer to Watch by Golf Week Magazine. 2009, she won the ACC Women's Golf Championship and was named their Player of the Year. She won the 2010 Connecticut Women's Open and was a medalist at the LPGA Futures Tour Q School. 2011, Golf Week named her a third-team All-American, and she was the recipient of the Ed Wilson Award for Academic Excellence. She finished eighth that season in the NCAA Championship, and she ended her college career with a 74.47 scoring average, which is the lowest in Wake Forest history. She joined the Symmetra Tour back in 2012. She won the 2016 W.B. Mason Championship at Thorny Lee Golf Club up in Brockton, Massachusetts. She had another strong year here in 2018, highlighted by three top 10 finishes, and I'm very excited she's with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Good evening, Natalie. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. So, Natalie, I, I, I kind of want to go back to your younger years, and I read that you started playing golf at the age of 12, and by 17, you were packing up and leaving Connecticut to go live in Florida by yourself, oh, by the way, to attend the Ledbetter School of Golf. So, Let's start there. How do you go from picking up a club at 12 to being that good at 17? Because most of us are just going from awful to bad in five years. <laughs> you know, I'm so lucky. My dad actually surprised me with a golf lesson for my 12th birthday. And I think that was like the smartest thing that he could have done because I think there's so many dads out there he tried to teach. And he got me instruction right away. Um, he did enjoy golf playing with his friends. But, uh, you know, so he knew the game, but he decided to have me have my first golf lesson as my first time ever playing. And I loved it ever since. Practiced all the time, obviously, with my parents helping me out, driving me to and from practice. Uh, I did grow up in the Northeast, being from Hartford, Connecticut. So our season is quite short. But um, I was able to go to a place called Golfer's Warehouse, which is basically a huge dick sporting business for golf. They have a bunch of hitting days, a large practice green where they sold all their putters. And every day after school, when it was winter, when all the courses were closed, my dad or my mom would bring me down there and I'd hit balls into a net for several hours and I'd putt forever. And I just worked on my game that way because I felt like I started when I was 12. Most kids started earlier, especially in junior golf when I was meeting people all the time. You know, they started four, five, six, seven years old. And they all lived in warm climates, Florida, California, Arizona. So they were practicing all the time. So I felt like at least outwork them, at least I'd have a chance to beat them. So that's what I did. And Natalie, talk about the decision to leave home and high school to move down to Florida, again, alone to attend the Ledbetter School. It had to be a really hard decision to make. You know, actually, um, it wasn't... It, not too hard, only because I loved the game so much. I knew I was going to Wake Forest at that point. Um, I knew that, you know, Wake being in North Carolina, the weather was going to be better. I was going to have the opportunity to play all year, and I had never had that before living in the Northeast. So I thought that 
Florida would be a great transition of, you know, weather, practicing with other people, learning to be part of a team that would get me ready for my Wake Forest years. So once I had the opportunity, I was offered a scholarship to go to the Ledbetter Golf Academy at IMG Academies in Bradenton. Um, I was so excited. I definitely, you know, took them up on it. So how did you already know at that point that you were going to go to Wake Forest? Why Wake? You know, I looked at several schools. I printed out. Obviously, I played AJGA growing up. Um, you need to get your name out there. The American Junior Golf Association does a great job hosting some of the top, you know, tournaments in the world. You've got so many international players. But um, I actually went on to Golf Week at the time, printed out the the Golf Week rankings for colleges. I specifically looked at top ten, and then I looked at location, academic. Obviously, they were all good golf schools. So I did look at Duke. I looked at UVA. Wake Forest, obviously, and I looked at a few others. And once I visited the schools by playing tournaments nearby, I just knew that Wake was the place for me, and I absolutely loved it. And when you look at the rich history that Wake Forest has in golf, some tremendous golf alumni, starting with the King Arnold Palmer, and you've got so many legends like Curtis Strange and Lanny Watkins, Webb Simpson, out on the tour now went to Wake. The list could go on and on and on. Laura Diaz on the women's side. So, did any of those you know, guys or gals come back and spend some time with you guys to give you an opportunity to not only pick their brains, but uh, maybe share a tip or two or share their experiences from transitioning from college golf out onto the Pro Tour? Sure. You know, actually, my freshman year, Webster was still there. He was a senior, so I got to see him practice all the time, which was really cool. And, at, I mean, at that point, he was, you know, the top college player, so I knew that he'd go on to great things. So just being able to be in school with him, Laura Diaz, once I made it to LPGA, was really helpful in my transition from college golf and Symmetra Tour out onto LPGA because she was still playing as well. To be able to go to Wake Forest and single teammate that I had for the four years, so we got like 10, 15, 20, you know, girls, every single one of them turned professional. So all of us were practicing hard. All of us had dreams to play after college. So it was really great that once I graduated, the girls who I had played golf with were also out on tour. So there was a lot of love and support happening out there as well from them. And one of your teammates while you are there was Cheyenne Woods, right? Cheyenne Woods was there for three out of my four years. She was one year younger than I am. Yes. So what was it like getting to team with her? It was really, really cool. Obviously, she won ACC's one year, just having so much notoriety with her there. She loved the school as well. Just see her practice and see how much she enjoyed being there, even though she did get opportunities. You know, growing up, obviously being associated with Tiger, being a family member, you know, she didn't have to stay in school for four years. She had opportunities. She had sponsors exemptions to go play. It would have been easy for her to leave, but she chose to stay. And I think that's you know, speaks a lot about her and how much she valued school and Wake Forest and how much she had a great time. So, you know, she really couldn't be a better person. Um, it was a great, great three years that I got to spend with her as a teammate. So now when I look at the, the ladies' college golf rankings, you got Wake still in the top 15. So how much do you still keep track of how well they're doing and where they are? Yes, you know, we, I have been keeping track. Um, obviously I had coach Daly. Um, she was there for 30 years. She just retired this past spring, um, after one of our players, um, won the NCAA championship, um, you know, individually. And actually the UVA coach who was there when I was playing at Wake Forest, she actually transitioned. She's the Wake Forest coach now. So. 
there's been a few changes with the program, but they're still playing really well, still a very strong schedule, so I have been keeping track, of course. It's always go Deeks. <laughs> Indeed. So, Natalie, you're you're out on the Symmetra Tour for a few years, and then you break through at the 2016 WB Mason Championship. You get your first win, not all that far from home. So what was that win like for you? You know, that was super cool because my dad on back. So to have him by my side and to have my mom watching and to have some, you know, really close friends and neighbors be able to come up, because it was only about an hour and a half from the house, uh, was something truly special. I mean, that was an awesome day. And looking back at this season out on the tour, you had three top ten finishes. So give us give us kind of a report card. How do you feel about the state of your game and the results you were able to get this past season? Yeah, you know, I've been ball. My ball striking has been so solid. I actually finished 2017 and 2018 as the number one in greens and regulation and driving accuracy. Um, so obviously, I know that my my long game is strong, and I have to thank you know my coach Andy O'Brien out of. Uh, Windermere, Florida. I switched to him just a few years ago and we've made some, some awesome changes that obviously are, are showing out there. But I mean, on any level, you know what it is. It's all about making putts and I actually spend most of my time on putting. My weakest point stat wise. So that's always something that I'm trying to grind up. Obviously, I need to make more putts. So Natalie, looking ahead to, to 2019, do you have specific goals that you set for yourself? I always have fitness. I, I always have goals. I always have nutrition goals. I always have fitness goals. I think that you can always feel better, look better, perform better. Um, and you know, I've really tried to listen to my body and just make sure that it has what it needs in order to do everything that I wanted to do. Obviously, we have a long season. There's a lot of a lot of things involved, whether it's playing six, seven weeks in a row or driving several hours from event to event. You know, you just need to make sure that you're taking care of your body so that it takes care of you. But um, as far as, you know, my game, my coach and I have some things that we're working on in my swing just to kind of tighten a few things up. I don't think that we're far off. But again, it's all about putting right now. So, Natalie, talk about your daily routine. What's it like now? As as you were mentioning a little bit ago, here we are. We're getting into, you know, the winter season. Talk about what daily life and daily routine is like for you right now. Sure. In order to work with my coach, I have a strength trainer in town. So in my last few years, I've back to IMG Academies to train during the winter and then I bounced around a little bit in Florida until I went to Orlando and I've spent the last three and a half seasons in Orlando because of Andy O'Brien, my swing coach in Windermere and then I also have my strength coach, um, his name is TA and he has a great gym centrally located in Orlando that I see I try to go at least five times a week but um, between practice working out and I also work at Actually, as a caddy, um, I work at the Ritz-Carlton, and I work at Bay Hill, which is an Arnold Palmer golf course. Wow. But, um, it, you know, my days are super, super, super busy, So, and that's the way that I like it. I like to use my 24 hours as much as I can, as productive as I can. So um, even though I had to relocate down here, obviously, just to get out of the cold weather so that I can keep practicing, um, I feel like I'm using my time pretty wisely down here. Wow. So getting to caddy at Bay Hill, talk about what that's like. And do you get the opportunity then at the end of the day or the different times when you're not uh, on schedule to go out and play? Yeah, you know, I have not played there yet just because they've been, they've been so busy, which is great to see. Uh, I think, you know, we have a ton of people who want to play before the guys come in for the Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational, the API. 
but like tomorrow's schedule, I am doing a double bag loop at 7.50, so I need to be there at 6.50. I will probably finish around noon because at all or at Bay Hill, they want you to play in about four, four hours and ten minutes. And then I will drive just a few miles down the road to Grand Vista and Marriott practice facility, and I'll practice there pretty much from 12.30 till dark. Wow. And then try to get a workout in right after that. So, Natalie, take that a step further. Talk about life on the semester tour. I saw on your Twitter page where you're logging about 29,000 miles a year in your car. So, you know, talk about the grind of the traveling and all of that sort of thing. You know, then you got the practice and and then the tournaments and the pro-ams. And life isn't always as glamorous as we probably picture that it is out on tour. Right. I think people most think that we take our, you know, private planes, we stay at the you know, four-star hotels, and we get, you know, shuttles everywhere or the courtesy cars. And, you know, maybe some LPGA players get that, but not all, and definitely not some Metro Tour players. Um, actually, when I leave Orlando about mid-March, I don't return until October. So everything that I need from March until October needs to come with me. And obviously, we play all over the U.S. We have all different kind of, you know, weather conditions, hot, cold, whatever, all the extra golf balls, gloves, extra clubs, shoes, everything needs to go with me. So all of our cars are extremely packed. They're like our little U-Haul truck. So when people say that tour players live out of their cars, like, that's exactly what it is. And every single week is totally structured. Monday is usually a travel day. Um, Tuesday is a free-for-all practice with a meet the pros party every Tuesday and those are for girls who are in the pro-am to kind of go and meet the sponsors thank everybody for putting on the event so Wednesday is a pro-am and either Thursday we start or Friday we start and if it is a Friday start then usually Thursday there is a pro-am as well and then all of a sudden it's tournament days Fridays at least Friday Saturday Sunday we're playing and sometimes there's a Thursday mixed in as well for our four-day event. So how tough is the mental grind, right, of, of doing all of that, sitting, you know, in the car for however many miles it is between events and then trying, you know, trying to get in the gym and then trying to get out on the practice range and all of that sort of thing. How do you keep your mind in a positive state? Because when I look at your Twitter page, it's all about positivity. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you have to stay positive out there. I feel like we live a life that it can be stressful, but at the end of the day, you have to look back and be like, you know what? You know how many people would love to work outside and set their own schedule every single day and be able to go to the gym, you know, when they want and meet all these great people nationwide. Like, you know, we really live a blessed life and I feel like you need to look at it like that in order to see it. Um, if I need to drive a little bit to get, you know, from each event to each event, then I'll do it. You know, if it means having all my stuff with me and not flying and not having to have a rental car, that's no problem. Um, I am, I do try to sign up for as many host families as possible because I'm very big into nutrition and meal prepping. And if I can stay at someone who's associated with, you know, the golf course charity, if I can stay with them and be able to make my own meals and just be able to come home and just have some people to speak with rather than going to a hotel room and having it be super quiet, I feel like that also helps relax and calm down and, you know, keep things really positive. And Natalie, talking about staying on the sort of like the mental side of the game, talk about dealing with sort of the ups and downs. You know, you have a good tournament, you're up. You have a not so good tournament, you're down. How do you not get too down on yourself if you've had a bad tournament and 
And like my father says, don't read uh, your press clippings too much when you've had a really good one. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I mean, for anybody who plays golf, they know like golf, that is golf. There's going to be days when you show up where everything feels really, really good and you just feel, feel like you can't miss and the hole just seems so big. And then there's, there's maybe, you know, some other days, maybe it's even the next day that you show up and, you know, the swing is a little bit off. Your kind of tempo is a little bit off. Maybe you're kind of quick that day. You know, the putter's not super hot. As long as you just, I work really hard, so I feel like every day I show up, I know that I am prepped and ready to go. And I just, it's just about kind of, you know, relaxing out there. Maybe it's chatting, you know, with my caddy, you know, chatting with the other players in my group. But just knowing that I'm prepped and ready and knowing that I'm going to make mistakes and everybody else is going to make mistakes. As long as I keep positive and kind of forget that shot, that's the only way that you can really play. I mean, you hear people all the time saying one shot at a time. That statement couldn't be any more true. You know, just because I hit a poor shot doesn't mean that I'm going to do it twice. I am going to do it twice if I start thinking about it and thinking why it happened and, you know, what's going on. But if I just think positive thoughts and think like, you know what, okay, I hit that drive bad, but let's see what we can do here. That's what it, That's what it's all about. It's all about grinding. It's all about... You know, seeing what you can do because there are no pictures on the scorecard. And to that end, what role does the caddy play in keeping your mind focused and not allowing you to get too down or get too concerned about a wayward shot or a missed putt? Yes. Um, you know, being able to just chat with them, I feel like you're out there for four and a half, five hours. You can't focus that whole time. You know, no one can. You have to just focus when you hit that shot. And then while you're walking up the fairway or walking to the green, you have to be able to shut that off real quick. Maybe just, you know, have a quick, you know, conversation with your buddies. For me, it would be my caddy or the other players in my group, like I had mentioned, just to, like, relax and unwind and then get ready for, you know, for the next shot. If, if you're tense walking down on the fairways, worrying about whether your ball creeped into the rough or worried about what kind of lie you have in the bunker, I mean, that's no way to play. It's just, you know, it's way too stressful. Golf is such a beautiful sport. And, you know, just being outside, just enjoy the day. And I think that having a caddy or having, I take a lot of local caddies. So for me, it's hang, either hanging out with them because I see them once a year or maybe I have somebody new and it's trying to get to know them and making sure that they feel comfortable out there. Uh, that's what it's all about. Natalie, just a couple more before we let you go. And, and I was looking at your Twitter page and I came across one of your tweets that I absolutely love. You wrote, I may not be a Victoria's Secret model but I could pick one up and squatter. I think that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Where did that come from? Thank you. Thank you. I feel like, you know, and especially in this day and age, like obviously sex sales and there's so many girl golfers out there, so many fan pages out there of girls, maybe not wearing a lot of clothing and, you know, they're getting sponsorship deals. They're getting, you know, invites everywhere. And it's totally cool for them. Um, you know, obviously, if that's their their calling, then great. Um, but I feel like maybe you can't forget about the other people too, who maybe don't always look the part or you know, work out and lift. Like girls can be strong too. Natalie, let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media. Yeah, social media for sure. Um, I'm actually the most active on Instagram, and that's also at Nat Sherry. The at sign, N-A-T-S-H-E-A-R-Y. Um, I try to post something either on my story for Day in a Life or, you know, on my page. Obviously, I do tweet. Uh, Facebook, I'm up there as well. But, 
you know, with this day and age in social media, it's not hard to find us. You can always, if you have, you know, any questions or anything like that, very easy to get a hold of. Well, Natalie, it's been fantastic having you as part of the show tonight. I hope you'll come back and join me again sometime. Share more of your stories and your insights. Talk about what's going on with you because I've really enjoyed having you here tonight. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. And I, I would love to be back. Thank you again. Take care, Natalie. Happy holidays to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yes, happy holidays. Thank you, Chris. Take care, Natalie. That is Natalie Sheary. Again, at Nat Sheary, S-H-E-A-R-Y. She's fantastic. And I'll tell you, folks, you know, you look at somebody that is, you know, had a great college career, you know, took a little time to get acclimated out there on the Symmetra Tour, but then gets breakthrough with a win in 2016. You know, as she mentioned, number one in, in driving and greens and regulation the last couple of years, three top 10 finishes this year. Boy, it just seems like she's just got everything going for her. She's got a great attitude. She's got certainly got the game, as she's mentioned, talking about, you know, focusing on putting. And how many times have, have we had people on this show from, from Gary Player to Tom Patry to all the other, you know, top instructors in the game? Short game, short game, short game. Sounds like she's, you know, focused on all of the right things and doing the right things. I, I expect great things from her. Looking forward to having her back on the show and certainly following her through the 2019 golf season. 